This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, however it applies. Uh, appreciate you all being here. A uh, bunch to get to here today as we'll roll on through your host, Jeff Lloyd, SI.com's Browns Maven, Pete Smith, your local experts on all the biggest stories, Cleveland Browns-wise, for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll hit on this first here, Pete. Um, you know, Mike McCarthy and, you know, everybody, oh, Browns blew this one. Uh, uh, Mike McCarthy, new head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Not a bad life where you could go from the Green Bay Packers, take a year off, get Jerry Jones to write you another big fat check. Um, for me, yeah, I mean, if you wanted to go on resume, I thought he was probably the top guy here and, and you know, top guy you should consider. But, Pete, it's, you know, there's the – I don't want to say the haves and the have-nots, but, I mean, Jerry Jones wants something. It's going to be really hard for Jerry Jones not to get what he wants. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. Um, look, his organizational structure is limiting in terms of who really wants to go there. You understand uh, you're you're getting – him as your general manager and you know everything that comes with that and you understand that you're going to get you know him talking about you in the media and all this stuff um and you obviously understand that you basically have the most high profile job in the league it's always a topic of conversation um they're, they're you know they're talented um they have a you know really talented quarterback they have uh, some, uh, you know, the offensive line. They've got all kinds of things that are worthwhile. They've also got a ninety million dollar tailback, which doesn't necessarily fix <laughs> Mike McCarthy um, and his path. So that's going to be sort of something I, I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out. Um, I, I don't know how interested the Browns were in Mike McCarthy. I mean, it, it sounded like, you know onlookers were more interested in Mike McCarthy for the Browns than it seemed like the Browns were actually interested in him. Uh, and that may be, you know, whether or not they <clears throat> thought that he sort of transformed himself and, 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 you know, evolved from the end of the Greenberry area or not, you know, that's, that remains to be seen. I mean, we will find out, you know, with the Cowboys being shoved in our faces every week, one way or the other, um, I, you know, I mean, I think he's a very good coach. I, I think he makes the Cowboys better. I think he's a, a, an upgrade over uh, Jason Garrett. Um, it's interesting to me that some of the coaches on his staff are being handed to him. Um, I'm, you know, that's always interesting. Uh, you have sort of a forced marriage, and it wasn't like he said, you know, I like this guy, I like this guy, and th- this guy. It was basically you are taking – these four coaches. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, it, I, I, it's a, it's a, it's a good hire for the Cowboys. At the same time, it, it might take the most uh, attractive non-Browns job out of the mix. And if they are really interested in Josh McDaniels or uh, Kevin Stefanski or you know Kevin, Kevin Sala or Greg Roman or somebody else. Um, they are at this point only competing against the uh, the uh, Carolina Panthers and the uh, uh, New York Giants, who uh, you know I think have some weak cases. So 
it, it, it certainly in the end, I, I would love to have everybody the Browns want available and them to make a choice based on that. So when it goes wrong, hopefully it doesn't this time, we'll at least have known they could have had, uh, it, you know, you, you want all the best options available. And, uh, and obviously Mike McCarthy being off the board in the same way Ron Rivera's off the board. I don't think the Browns ever had interest in him, but off the board. Um so you have one left guy out there, uh, but you know, I, I'm not worried in the least about the coaching search being able to produce a viable candidate. I'm more worried about the Browns being able to make the right choice, trusting you know the people they should trust, and then going beyond that, making the best franchise can be around them to make sure that they are successful. If they were to do those things, then I then in many ways, obviously you can't do you know a Freddie Kitchens type hire again. But it, that at that point, it almost becomes hard to screw it up. And in some ways, I think you know the Giants are a good example of that it's it, it's been hard work by the Giants to be this bad because they do have a good ownership group, uh, or at least has always been well regarded, and they have worked very hard to to get to the seller. Uh, the way they have. So, you know, hopefully the Browns can, can make it difficult for the, the, whichever head coach they ultimately choose to fail. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, when you go from drafting second to sixth and then get yourself back to fourth, I mean, you, you've done some work there. Um, and it's it's bad work. And the architect of where it is now is still running the show as the general manager. We'll get to that in a minute here. Um, Brian Dable got his interview today and Pete, you know, the way it worked out, obviously you want to do these things within your building. Look, it's not like Brian's unfamiliar with it. You don't want to go do it in some meeting room in a hotel. If everything works out and the stars align, all right, we want you to come out to the building. We want to meet like this. So you got to do that today. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, they've all got, a, you know, Brian Dable got his, uh, you know, opportunity, you know, five Super Bowl rings with New England. Uh, won a national championship as far, part of the uh, 17 Alabama staff. He's not upper echelon here. And, you know, and I'm sure, Pete, you would think Brian wants to do anything he can to get the hell out of Buffalo. Um, but he got a shot in the sun. And But Brian's one of those guys now where you look at it and he's got the experience of coaching quarterbacks, coaching wide receivers, coaching tight ends, offense coordinator. It's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, and they, I forget where it was talked about yesterday or whatever, but, There's nothing wrong with being a great assistant coach. There's nothing wrong with being a great coordinator. Sometimes it's just never going to be more than that. Sure. Um, You know, Brian Dable has gotten remarkably better since he he was with the Browns last time. Uh, Personally, I'm not a fan, at least for what the Browns are right now. I think what he has done – uh, if you want to take Buffalo out of it, uh, um, if you want to take if you want to take uh, you know the, the Buffalo Bills out of it because of what they're doing with Josh Allen, you could look at more along the lines of what he was doing at Alabama, and you still come up uh, with uh, you know a, a very heavy gap scheme, a very uh, vertically based offense, a lot of stuff. Using utilizing things like fullbacks and then spreading out and doing those things, power run football. And 
I think there are a lot of things that many fans would probably like about Brian Dable from that hard-nosed approach. I just think it's a huge uh change from what the Browns do well right now. Like, I, you know, I don't think – I think Nick Chubb is going to be great, period. But, you know, with the linemen they have, I think they're really, really effective with zone blocking, and I don't know if Brian Dable's the type that wants to get away from that, uh, from that gap stuff because that's just what he's been doing. Um, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I, it's, it's not bad to get his perspective. Uh, like, there's some of these interviews where I don't think they have much chance, but they're – interesting people to talk to, but, you know, maybe they get surprised. I mean, whether it's true or not, there are people trying to push the idea that Robert Sala has, like, been a revelation uh, in the interview. I, I, I still think that's, you know, almost no chance. But still, um, you know, I, I have no problem with them sort of identifying these people that they're interested in. Um, And for everybody who's, you know, and I've seen the reports, guys, a um, little bit I've heard is that – um. Jimmy Haslam loved the rah-rah and the coaching phrases from Robert Sala, um, which would make total sense. Uh, nobody's getting any information on that from Paul DePodesta. If one thing's being, if one person's maybe leaking things, it's maybe Jimmy. It's probably not Paul DePodesta. So that's the little bit I've heard on that. And I was actually shocked when I heard this today because I've talked with some and messaged with some that, you know, I heard it was, it was okay. Uh, didn't hear anything that it was, you know, wowzers or uh you know and everybody who loves this leader of men if you guys want to define that for me please i'd love to know that we're going to get to a little bit more here on locked on browns pete smith jeff lloyd uh, whether it's you whether it's me come on everybody likes that uh you know new year new me so i bet you're going into 2020 thinking about what you didn't get around to in 2019 and you set your goals for the new year if you want to work towards being the best yourself can be in 2020, understand more about the world around you and make sure your time is well spent, then Blinkist is for you. Blinkist for anyone who cares about learning but doesn't have a lot of time. Blinkist takes the key insights from over 3,000 nonfiction bestsellers in over 27 categories and condenses them down into 15-minute blinks which are text and audible explainers that help you understand uh, more about the core ideas of each book. Um, whether it's, you know, for your profession, whether it's raising your children, whether it, you know, anything, or you're about to have children, go ahead, look it up, have this stuff up. You can kind of sort of get it like in a podcast form. So when you're not listening to Lockdown Browns, you can maybe check it out, but go ahead, use Blinkist for this. Uh, you know, for uh, download uh, download Blinkist now. Use the promo code Locked On. Uh, get your first week seven books free um, with the trial with the promo code Locked On. Look, I mean, you know, it's still January six, guys. Stick with those New Year's resolutions. Maybe at least till you know Martin Luther King's birthday, I guess. Um, but come on, everybody says it. Everybody does it. It's going to be a new year. It's going to be a new you. Go ahead and check out Blinkist. Pete, we finally got the the deets, I guess, so to speak, on Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels will be interviewing on Friday for everybody who's jumping out the window and clutching at their pearls and loose, you know, getting the nooses ready. The Browns were originally supposed to meet with Josh McDaniels on Friday. Uh, yeah, he's going to go meet with the New York Giants first. Maybe he'll meet with Carolina first. But Pete, for what the Browns are essentially 
offering, you know, Carolina, that relationship with Cam Newton is over. The head coach, Ron Rivera, has moved on. So it's it's a new regime. you got to go find a quarterback. The New York Giants, we do know that Josh McDaniels was a huge fan of Baker Mayfield coming out in 2018. What he thought of Daniel Jones? We're not so sure. Yes, guys, I'm nursing a cold. Um, and then there's Dave Gettleman. Dave Gettleman, Josh McDaniels. That doesn't seem like anything. I think the advantage might be here to go last. And guess what? Here you come in. You got two out, two owners that are literally got the puppy dog eyes for Josh McDaniels. You've got Baker Mayfield. You've got Odell. You've got Nick. You've got Jarvis. You got a star player on defense in Miles Garrett. Got some corners. Hopefully he values Joe Schobert. So that and the money should be pretty good. And then Pete, there's the joy of you know your GM is going to be not necessarily your boss. It's going to be more of your right-hand man, and you get to pick him. You get to go find the guy you want to do this. If I'm the Browns, I think this is the way I want to play this out. Plus, if it's Friday, there's always that parlay in of, you know, he's already met with two other teams this week. If, you know, you want to parlay it into something Saturday, you have that opportunity. I'm totally okay with the way this is going to work out. I don't. Uh, I, I don't care, uh, you know, about order. I don't care about expediency in terms of, you know, that somehow the Browns look like they're sitting on their hands because they're not interviewing someone faster than someone else. They've got the interview. Um, that's all I, you know, if, if that's, you know, is there a possibility that he's going to fall in love with Dave Gettleman's inability to figure out how compensatory picks work? I guess. I mean, <laughs> that's possible, but it just doesn't seem very likely. I mean, so many fans act like they're just so desperate. Like they're, they're you know, this is some bad sitcom where, like, you know, the, the slightly nerdy kids are trying to figure out, you know, who who's who, how, who they're going to take to the dance because you know the options are so low or whatever. And, you know, they got to scramble and nobody, nobody seems all that interested in, in who they're actually going to end up with in this thing. Um, the Browns getting a head coach doesn't matter if they don't get the right one. And again, I'm not worried that the Browns won't have the right options available to them. I, my only concern is that they'll be able to get them to be hired. Um, Josh McTemmy, I the Browns to me, have the best argument um, right now. I, I, Dave Gettleman's a, a train wreck uh, of a GM, and if the Giants are going to stick with him, and I don't doubt the mayor is, I, I don't, I don't assume they're going to, you know, basically say, okay, we're going to fire him after we said we wouldn't. That's not really what they do. No, um, Carolina has a brand, brand new owner, which you know could be fine. David Tepper seems like he at least understands what he wants to do. Uh, and, you know, he's saying the right things in terms of processes and stuff like that. But the bottom line with that is they don't have a quarterback. I mean, if they go with Cam Newton another year, okay. If they don't, they're they're in the boat with so many other people. And maybe that's where Josh McDaniels wants to be. But, uh, you know, just comparing what could be in terms of talent the Browns have and what the talent the uh, Panthers have, I think the Browns have to be um, more intriguing from that standpoint. Now, the other thing is – I. I'm very curious to know if 
Josh McDaniels were to, you know, whether when he interviews or whatever, looks at this Browns roster and he's as excited about some of the people as as uh, Browns fans hope hope he is. Um, is he going to love the idea of having uh, of having Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry? Is he more inclined to want to go, you know, younger and basically you know build an offense? Uh, around Baker Mayfield that's more, you know, specific to him that he can bring in guys and sort of teach him what he wants to do. I, I don't know the answer to that, but those those are sort of interesting questions. Um, and obviously the front office structure, I, you know, I don't love anything about what the Patriots do draft-wise um, other than they are. <laughs> oh, we need two guys. We don't really care about it. You know, so we'll have 13 picks next year, and then next year we'll come back and we'll only draft four guys again. Yeah, I mean – it's just they 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 are a quantity over quality a team and, and and you know they do do okay on math. It's just they they take some pick some of their selections are just incredibly irritating to me. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, they, I, I don't like I, there are some people um, that are just like enamored with Josh McDaniels and, and I get it from the standpoint that like, you know, he, he's been part of a, a franchise that has had success and all this stuff, but I, I, you know, I don't, I can't just immediately forget all the stuff that he's done that has been just unbelievably bad. Um, and you know, with the Colts thing in particular. So it's not to say that I think he would be a disaster if they hired him. I'm just not as thoroughly convinced as other people are. Uh, so we'll we'll see. Um, and, and here's the other. I mean, but if you're Josh, and look, if you think the Browns is the best job for you, if you think the Browns is the job you want, this is a smart way to play it. You make them last because your agent's going to say, oh, well, you know, the Giants are really interested. Panthers, really interested. So you've already driven up your price before you've even sat down. It's look, all of this is leverage, all of it's business. And like Pete said, and and this is the part, you know, I understand you guys have been fans forever. I get it. You're not the, you know, you're not the one and 31 team anymore. You're not the 0 and 16 team anymore. Granted, yes, this team went six and 10 anymore, but you're not the, you know, the, you know, the ugly duckling anymore. You're not, uh, you know, Baker had his warts last year. I mean, I think we've kind of figured out why some of it is certainly on Baker. Um, you know, this offense didn't hum like it was supposed to. I think we're starting to understand why. Um, there were some players, we understand why <laughs> their roles ended up being non-existent. Uh, and, you know, we haven't heard anything where these guys were so much disingenuous or screwing around or any of that stuff. Um, more of it seemed ego-driven from above. And, you know, that's what gives you some thought here. And, you know, somebody like, you know, Josh McDaniel is going to come in here. Well, why wasn't David and Joker playing? You have this ridiculously good athletic tight end. Rashard Higgins, I'll tell you right now, he seems like somebody, whether he sticks around or not, could find a way to catch 50 balls easily with Josh McDaniels, even with those two on the outside. Whether or not, you know, yes, I agree, Pete, you know, 30 million committed to wide receivers is interesting. And, you know, that I'm not saying it's going to be a drawback and it could be a, look, I'm going to do this for 20. I'm not sure if I'm going to do this after this. And that's where, you know, when Josh comes in with what will be his guy to handle all that stuff. And, you know, this is what I want to do. Can you make it work? And he tells Josh, yes, I can, or no, I can't. 
And you know, that's the advantage Josh is going to have because he's going to be working with somebody he has. I, I like the hands-on approach. I, I love the commitment to it all. Um, the rest of the staff is going to be interesting. Uh, for Paul Spencer here, I know you know Kevin O'Connell seems to be a big name here. And Pete, if I'm remembering right, former San Diego State Aztec Kevin O'Connell, I believe, right? And I know he's been part of Cleveland before. Um, it's one of Josh's guys. And that's the thing when – and everybody, I get it, you know, the track record of hiring – Patriots assistance always hasn't really gone so well, but as far as bringing in a staff, I mean, how many guys have been part of new England in this 20 something year run? These guys have friends upon friends upon friends. They can put a staff together and they can put one together pretty quickly. I think he has the biggest rule index of anyone. Oh, and the, and, and here's one more prefer coach special teams for Josh McDaniels in Denver for anybody who likes that. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I still maintain I think Prefer is going to be here regardless of the coach. I just think it's easy um, for everybody, including Prefer. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that certainly helps. But, yeah, the, there's not only the New England Patriots pipeline, there's also the John Carroll pipeline, which is just as big, if not bigger. Um, yep. I, you know, I, I, I like Kevin O'Connell. I, I, he was – even as just a quarterback coach, when he was with the Browns, there were other people, uh, you know, in that locker room that had nothing to do with quarterback who thought he was, you know, thought he was going to be a great coach. Um, and, you know, that, that's certainly, you know, that was somebody when, when they, you know, got rid of Patton, I was hoping that somehow they'd manage to keep, you know, John Filippo and then Kevin O'Connell. And obviously both were gone to, to various uh, different places. And I think both have been, uh, very, very effective and successful in those spots. So, you know, I, I, you know, I have some serious concerns with Josh McDaniels, but that would certainly be somebody I would like to see on the Browns. I think he was really good with, uh, he's been really good with quarterbacks. Uh, obviously he was one, even though he was a shitty one, he seems to understand how it's supposed to work. Um, <laughs> those who can't has, coach. Yeah, he has, uh, you know, he's he's got an energy that people seem to like. People seem to respect him. Uh, he, he obviously still, you know, if, if if McDaniels were to be the head coach, Kevin O'Connell knows players that were here uh, when he was here. So there would probably be a little bit of juice from that standpoint and that there are some guys who would be excited about that type of maneuver. Um, I don't know anything about the Gannon dude. I think he's a lifer. Uh you know, I think he's been largely with New England. I don't, you know, that's one of those where you never really know until they get out, especially when they're on defense, what he, what he, what that's going to end up like. But yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I think McDaniel's has the biggest possible, you know, group of candidates he can possibly pick from for coaches. But I, I don't know you know, where, where that would go with things like the offensive line. I don't know where that would go with receivers, but it, it would not be surprised if it would not be surprising at all. If he puts together a, a pretty damn good looking staff, even if a couple of them are guys that we just don't have enough information about. And we're reading basically like second and third hand accounts are going, Oh, this guy sounds great based on this one snippet of thing I read. He's going to be great. I mean, you know, on that part, it's, it's a guessing game with, with O'Connell, you know, having talked to some players, having talked to some people who cover the team and stuff, that's one where I think, you know, that would be somebody to get excited about in terms of what they can do here. And it seems like they have a good relationship. And for O'Connell would be the, you know, 
you know, Josh giving him the opportunity to launch himself, so to speak. So there is that aspect of it. We got some more questions to get here too. Um, look, guys, we're gonna have a couple of days to cover McDaniel's. I'm sure you guys have a bunch of questions. Let's not kill it all in one night. Pete's gonna hit you with some fine folks, uh, some words from the fine folks over at Blue Chew, which some of you may need to get yourself through this coasting church. Take it away, Pete. Uh, so yeah, the good folks at Blue Chew, uh, always looking out for you. That's blue, like the color blue. Uh, that is, uh, Blue Chew has the same proven active ingredients as products like Viagra and Salve, so you know they work. It's chewable and, uh, can work up to twice as fast as a pill. And, and like here, when you're put on the spot with no, uh, heads up, you kind of need damn that. DMs. Uh, and uh, you take you can take it on a full stomach and be ready whenever the opportunity arises or, you know, on the fly like this. Uh, getting a prescription is very easy and shipping is discreet. Uh, so they can take care of you on that end. Be locked on for the promo code so they can help you out. And, uh, you know, before you uh, either are, are overly excited because of the, who the Browns ultimately choose or your uh, blue ball because you're sitting there waiting for them to make a decision, you can look up the good folks at Blue Chew and uh, do something at least somewhat productive with that. See, I just gave Pete, um, you know, what some of us married folks go through. Uh, you never know when that 15 to 20 minutes may arise, whether or not Pete checks his DMs or not. Uh, go ahead, check out Blue Chew. And look, you need a little assistance, you know, to be able to go longer or be ready more often. Fine, folks, over at Blue Chew. Use the promo code Locked On. Always appreciate them for all the sponsorship over here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Pete, Tua Tagovailoa declared today, um, and a little bit what I heard is is you know, and I, I do believe this is you know, a lot of the heart in Tua wanting to go back and play one more year at Alabama. It would have been the dumbest decision for him. You've got a ball hot in this, you know, in this game. He goes back to Bama, gets hurt again. You're talking first round is completely off the table. And Pete and I talk a lot, not through Twitter. Um, and we've one of the things about Tua we always talk about is wow, it always seems this guy is dinged up, or there's something wrong, or he's gimpy here, he's gimpy there. But I remember the SEC championship game, not this past year, the year before. And uh, I was at my sister-in-law's for my mother-in-law's birthday. And my sister-in-law is a huge Alabama fan and wasn't going well for Bama. And Tua was gimpy. And I, I'm literally sending Pete net text. I'm like, dude, this isn't going well for me. I kind of want Georgia to win. They're going to throw me the hell out. They ended up putting in Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, you know, went and did his best. Nick Foles, you know, got Bama the win. Um but Pete, look, he's going to find his way into the first round, and he's going to get his money. I would not be stunned if Miami takes him at five with all the first-round picks they have in between Rosen, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Tua. Let it all play out. Let Tua sit for a bit, whatever. But why this is important Browns-wise is as many quarterbacks and anybody else that offensive tackles are going to go in that offensive in that top ten, kudos. Let's go. We're all for it. Yeah, I mean, look, I, as I said earlier in the day before this came out, I'm not looking up for his best interest when I say I hope he declares um, because I think he will go ahead of 
uh, the Browns pick, which would be good. Um, so there's a lot of things involved here. Uh, first of all, uh, I don't know what Tua can do at Alabama other than make it through a season unhurt. And by virtue of playing, there's always a risk. And the injuries are more concerning than, you know, even has been let on. Um, you know, I don't know how many people pay attention to like spring ball and stuff, but he broke his wrist in spring ball and couldn't participate in that. Um, in addition to all the spring other things ball, where the quarterback is essentially in saran wrap. Oh, go ahead. Well, yeah, it's one of those things where you may have whacked it on somebody's helmet or something. And I assume that whoever, if that happened, the uh, person whose helmet was hit has never been seen or heard from again. Um, He's now playing at William and Mary. <laughs> I, I don't think they made it out of the state a lot. Anyway, the point <laughs> is uh, you had to consider the health aspect. I, I, you know, if he goes and he sets the world on fire, as he has done in so many games at Alabama, nobody cares. It's entirely a question of what is he doing wrong or is he, health, is he staying healthy? So there's that standpoint. There's the fact that uh, whether – Fairly or not, the specter for 2021 is uh, Trevor Lawrence from Clemson and then players like Justin Fields uh, in, in the quarterbacks. And, you know, I, maybe to a, to a becomes the third best quarterback in that class. Maybe he, you know, can, can somehow get himself up to second. But he's no worse than third in this one and, and may go second in this class. So he's not really gaining anything from that standpoint. Now, certainly he can get better. There's development and all those things. But I just don't know if it's a worthwhile proposition for him from that standpoint. So he, he you know, he's got some apparent, reportedly very positive uh, reviews from doctors looking at him. The thing, things are going remarkably well. Uh, he's got a few more medical checks, but that's, a big part of what spurred this on is is they did come back with some very positive news for him, and then you know combine that with 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 Lawrence and and Fields and some of the other quarterbacks and, and just players overall. I mean the, the 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 class next year. I mean there there are people who are so enamored um, with uh, you know the offensive tackle from Oregon that they're putting him number one, you know sight unseen type deal that they're already saying he's good enough to be that good. So. You know, after probably uh, the quarterback Josh, you know, after after Burrow goes and and Chase Young, it's a little bit more wide open this year. Obviously, I don't think you know that he's likely to go before five, um, which would be great, obviously, for him or if somebody wants to trade up. But if he gets, you know, if he gets picked in the top ten, top nine, presumably a team like San Diego. Uh, a team like Miami, you know, one of those teams who who is willing to have a plan and be patient with him, I think it can be really, really good. Um, we'll see. I mean, I, I you know, it, it's it's just a really tough spot to be in. There's no wrong answer because, you know, ultimately the kid does what he wants. Just like, you know, there are people who are like, well, just take the insurance policy. And those insurance policies are really tough to work out. Um especially for a guy who's had the injury history that he has. Well, there's that, but like some of those policies are so stupidly specific 
And, you know, you're an insurance company. Your business is, you know, nominally to make money. And, you know, you don't make, a, you don't make money by paying out a bunch of stuff. So Bingo. it can be really difficult to do that. And, you know, because even if, uh, let's say Tua gets hurt, but he keeps playing, he can't collect. Like almost all those policies are basically, you know, you collect, let's say it's $10 million, which, you know, is no small amount of money. But then it also says, in order to collect this, you can never play professional football again. Well, let's Bingo. say he gets hurt. Let's say he breaks his leg or something. And it's, you know, not something that's going to keep him from playing football ever again, but it's debilitating. And obviously it costs him money and that it would change where he's drafted. He's still not be able to collect on that policy. So, yeah, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's tough. So, I, again, I, I don't think it's a matter of right, wrong, but it's probably the most, secure decision he could have made, at least from a financial standpoint. You know, it's one of those things where I hope he can get past this. And, and I, you know, thankfully the Browns don't have to draft him because they don't have to hear about, like, you know, bizarre theories about calcium deficiencies or brittle bones or any of this shit that, you know, nobody really knows, but they love to throw out there with this. Um, and hopefully he can just be healthy because I think he is a really talented quarterback. The thing with Tua is, and this is what's, and this is why it was the right move, is people are just going to fall in love with the kid. He's just a great kid. He loves the ball. He loves ball. He's all about ball. Like you're going to fall in love. You know, he's, you know, Tim Tebow without, you know, the commitment to, you know, you know, the, the, the church, the faith, he's, he's that good of a guy. That's what people are going to fall in love with. Uh, we're getting a little short on time and I want two, 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 we're going to sneak in Pete. I believe we found our first, draft prospect that's going to be a big disagreement as we go on through here in the months. Henry Ruggs has declared today. Oh, okay. I'm going to go off the realm here. I And look, uh, I agree. The production, this, that, and the other thing. But Pete, this is, we're talking about a guy who probably runs four, three, five or less. Uh-huh. And yep. Judy was the dude. Yes, the production isn't there. I get it. I get it. No, He's no, going to test like a goddamn animal. And, and, and he's going all, to test like an animal. Really, really fast. I know. And, and no, there's never receivers every year. They're really, really fast. They don't do anything to become gigantic busts in the NFL. <clears throat> Go ahead. The floor is yours. So, look, we did this last year where we dealt with super speedy guys. Uh, Marquise Brown, very good, uh, was very productive and had the foot injuries and stuff like that. And here's the thing. Here's what we're going to run into. We're going to run into somebody like Andy Isabella, who's also super fast and was super productive. And it's going to be a question of where would you like to take rugs versus where would you like to take this other player? And if you're telling me I have to take rugs, who was, you know, I don't think he ever eclipsed 17% market share, which is really low. Uh, you know, like 750 yards the last two seasons of receiving yards and raw numbers. I He's really fast. But for some reason, even at Alabama, even with all those guys, you know, what should be easy money with him, they they just didn't get him the ball that much. And that's where I have to ask because it's not like he was short on arm. It's not like he's weak. You know, this kid can just outrun everybody, and they don't, you know, they still only threw to him. For seventeen percent of the time, and then it's, it's one of those things where maybe that's because you know, a left-handed I, quarterback I can, who just declared today has thrown a ball sixty yards once in his career. But go ahead. Uh, it, it, 
well, that freaking kid they've got is not weak either. That what Mac Wilson, or whatever the hell his name is, uh, Mac Jones, you know, Mac Wilson wishes something Jones um, or whatever. Yet, yeah. Um, so look, you know, some of these guys are great. Some of these guys hit, and and you go and 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 they're fantastic, and you're sitting there going, oh my god, everybody was stupid. Pete was stupid for thinking this guy was going to work. But I would just point out that so often the case is guys like Deshaun Jackson and and some of these other deep threats were really super productive in college too, and that tends to be how this goes. Now, uh, you know, to me, second round, 41, is too, too rich for my blood. And just casually looking at some of the options um, that uh, are out there just for that 41st pick, uh, there are guys I, I know I'm just going to like way better. Even if you even if you insist on taking a receiver, I, I, I just you know it, it, like would I rather have Henry Ruggs in the second round or Tyler Johnson in round three? It's not hard for me. I, I'm going to take Tyler Johnson. He's just better. So that's that's where I'm at. I I, I get it. I understand, but. I, this is what I do. I did Paris Campbell, same deal. And obviously he was a different type of receiver, but he's a freaky athlete and still developing and all these other things. But you know, that's, it's, it's a really difficult sell. What show me, show me proof as opposed to uh, you believe, I, I, you know, you get, get to my, get, get back to me on what you believe on guys day three. But for those first three rounds, I've got to be able to freaking, I got to be able to prove it. We know, we know, we know. And I will close with this. Of one, 25% of passes caught went to the house. So it's going to have to be the right fit. Look, somebody's going to draft him round one. We know this. Um, there's no way he's going to the okay. second round. Uh, if he, if what, no, not if he does what he's going to do with this combine, Pete. You know, you know the way this works. That will trump. And and when that happens, what do I do on draft day? I celebrate because that means one, one more better player. Look, 41 would be fantastic. Look, Brown's drafting 10. He's not going to be in play at 10. He'd be a fun toy, but you have much bigger needs and you're already paying two wide receivers, 30 million. They should get the job done. But I do want to get to this one, Pete. Um, When we're talking about, you know, and look, it's not a knock on the boats, guys. I wasn't trying to do that. But we're going to take it here. Jadavian Clowney coming out. Miles Garrett coming out. Chase Young coming out. Pete, these are exceptionally, ridiculously good athletes. And obviously, I know you and the data. You don't have everything yet. Rank them from coming out into the draft. Obviously, two were number one overall picks. One is going to be extremely high. Rank them as players. Oh, Miles Garrett, Chase Young, and Jadavian Clowney's third. Um Look, both, you know, I, I, I've already gotten this. Uh, people telling me how Chase Young is more productive than Miles Garrett. They're pretty much the same. And the difference is Miles Garrett was doing it all three years, and Chase Young was more of a, a later bloomer. Now, bo- both of them are going to check the box from that standpoint. I think Chase Young is going to be a really, you know, I think he's going to test really well. Um, it's just that Miles Garrett is such a freak um, in the sense that. You know, you bust out that old photo from when he was like a senior in high school or whatever, or a junior, whatever he was, and he's running with like a couple kids that like look like they're, you know, they're not, they don't play the same sport, and there's teammates. Like there's certain people who are just born to be able to do special things, and and Chase Young's great. I think he's going to be 
a tremendous technician. I think he's going to be a lot of things, but Miles Garrett was just a, a different dude. Uh, so, yeah, Garrett first, then Chase Young. Javion uh, Clowney is third, and he's probably a distant third. Uh, I would agree because I don't think, you know, I think he did, you know, he did less with more, so to speak. Jadavian Clowney seemed to have all the gifts. Um, and, you know, and if you're Washington, don't be stupid. Don't be cute. Um, let whatever's going to ha- let Joe Burrow go, go ahead and t- take Chase Young at two. Don't get caught into this trading back scenario. I don't care who you have on the defensive line. Take Chase Young, Washington. Take They've already picked. They have already oh, picked. I hope so. I mean, so hey, look, you've Brown got a little. They're going to be a four-three defense, they, you know, and and they have, uh, they have uh, some interesting dudes from that standpoint. But the the, the pick has been made. It's done. And they've um, got a little Columbus is, South going the, on there already. This is the, this is the Carson Palmer Julius Peppers draft. It's two picks is done, and we're talking about what's third, and, yep, and we're going to have to sit there. All you know, ten anymore, but all fifteen minutes of that first pick, the Bengals just sit yep. there and watch the clock tick down. When we already know that we're on third pick. Yep, no doubt about it. And look, they're already got a little Columbus South going down there in DC, so they know what's up. Um, we'll put a bed to this one here. Obviously, we got you know where we all are with the head coach search. Um, you know, Josh McDaniels will be Friday, which was always going to be Friday. Everybody just relax with that. Uh, check out everything uh, Pete and the team's got going on over at Browns Maven through SI.com. Check out all the articles over there. Make sure you're following the dude at Pete Smith. I'm sorry, at underscore Pete Smith underscore. The show itself, at Lockdown Browns, all lowercase. I'm all lowercase. Follow back account. DMs are always open. Guys, check out these Google hits. I've been doing the one minute, the five minute. Um, just want to get more content out. And, you know, for what was going to maybe be a slow January, by all means, no whatsoever. That is not going to be the case. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, just a lot going on here. Just trying to keep up the pace as much as we can here. I literally got a pen and paper on me at all times when something pops up. I'm like, oh, maybe we can do that tonight. And then there's like 15 ideas and I got to limit it down. But that's where we're at here. Just trying to pump you guys out a bunch of content as much as we can here. Appreciate you all for being along for the ride. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dogbound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.